That is why I was angry with that generation. I said their hearts are always going to 
astray, and they have not known my ways, so I declared an oath in my anger. They shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sins sinfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. As has just been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? That is our present salvation. They were saved from slavery. You and I have been saved from the sin of our own because of Jesus Christ's blood. They were saved and they were then forgiven through the sacrifice of lambs, but we are forgiven by once and for all by the sacrifice of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, those whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest? Not to those who disobeyed him. So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. They were saved from slavery, but they did not make it to the promised land. So this is where we are at as a church. This is where we're at as Christians all over the world. We're in between our salvation and our pilgrimage to the promised land. Today, when we talk about promised land, we talk about paradise, heaven. I want to ask you to have your seats right now, and uh, if you want to take notes, you can do so. Don't turn a deaf ear. Don't turn a deaf ear. It's a warning against unbelief. I'm hearing an incredible, powerful organ. It's first to function while the baby is in the womb. It's hearing the mother's heartbeat. I know that we have uh, at least a couple of drummers in the group today in our church. We're blessed with that. And, you know, it's no, no, no great insight that the drum beat, the, the invention of the drummer was uh, only something that majestically picked up you know the heart of every individual that hears the drum because it reminds us of that heartbeat in the womb. You may not be aware of it, but that's why you love hearing the drum. That's why you love you know hearing that beat. It's 
especially the bass. It's just something that you know turns you on, something that that makes you feel that you're safe. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's the first sense that turns on. It's the last sense that turns off. And many, many of us physicians and nurses and and family members uh, been in the ICU and you know the patient is in coma and we talk about him or her and we talk about you know how good they were or oh, my God what's bad, what's happening and all that stuff and when I realize that that person even though they can't talk they cannot open their mouth their mouth or their eyes they actually can hear. And when that person, if ever they come out of coma, they have a lot to say. <laughs> Not only do they hear, but they remember. They remember. So why did God create such an organ of perception? I mean, this is well thought out. It's a remarkable thing because what happens is that uh, the organ of hearing is able to take sound waves and convert them into electrical signals into the brain. And hearing has actually the, the, the big part of the brain, it's, it's basic back to the central nervous system very quickly. Hearing is something that is a lot faster than our eyesight. Hearing has a big impact when it blends with the message. When you hear a word, when you hear a sound, uh, it's just an amazing thing that happens. Why did God take such careful attention to build such an amazing organ? It's because He wants us to hear His Word. That's the bottom line. You can hear everything else, you can hear music, you can hear all kinds of other things that, you know, people, friends, relatives, you know, all that kind of stuff, but if you don't hear the voice of God, if you don't hear Him, if you don't listen to Him, you're going to be part of the million, the one million of Jewish people, the, the people of promise, who were saved from slavery by mighty hand of God, but never made it to the promised land. Do you know that out of one million people that started the journey, one million people were saved from slavery, one million people started for the promised land. You know, of that generation, the ones that were 20 and up, only two made it to the promised land. Caleb and Joshua. That's why the New Testament talks about many are saved, many are saved, I mean, many are called, few are saved. So this is not a, a fun sermon for me, and I'm sure it's not a fun sermon for you, but I feel that as we go through this amazing book, a book that is written to people that are basically on, on the fence. They're not sure which way to go. Because they know that if they continue become being, being Christians, being followers of Jesus Christ, they're going to suffer. Already the, the, there's a dark cloud over their heads. Already the, the Jews who are very, very zealous about God and the temple and everything else, the temple is still existing, the, the, the sacrifice is still 
going on. Therefore, the center of Jerusalem is still spawning with people that are zealous for God. And when they see, especially Jews that are turning to Christianity, they get upset. We already see that in the, in the Acts of the Apostles. There is, there is a, uh, there's a fierce anger and persecution of Christians. And it's about to get worse. Until 70 AD, when the temple was totally destroyed, The Jews did not get it. That the Lamb of God had come. The ultimate sacrifice was given. And there was no need for sacrificing animals anymore. But during that time, the Christians, people that turned to Christianity to follow Jesus, were being persecuted. And they had to choose for themselves. Do I stay in my belief with Jesus? Or do I go back? the synagogue. I'm sure there were synagogue that, synagogues that had Christians and Jews that were still believing in the Mosaic law. But sooner or later it became a big problem if you would go and admit that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. God created such an amazing year, such an amazing hearing because he wanted to make sure that all of us could hear his word and that would make an impact on the earth. I remember when I was a kid, uh, my favorite place would be to play uh, with my bodies, you know, out, out there in the backyard. Uh, there was a dry creek that was going right by our house, the backyard. And I uh, would just go up and down that creek and we just play all the you know, cowboys and Indians and we had uh, we would make caves off the banks and we would jump and do all kinds of stuff and but in the middle of the play, just I don't know how it happened, but every time I was in the middle of some play and I was really engrossed in it and then I just had a great time, I would hear my mother's voice. And some of you how many of you know Greek? Anybody know Greek? It was all like Kadalambi! <laughs> And uh, of course, the, you know, I was too engrossed in the game to stop. You know, so I would basically ponder it and then just keep on playing. <laughs> and then, within a few uh, seconds, I would hear the the second the second call. <laughs> At that point, I would think a little more seriously and decide whether I had to respond or not. And so then I would respond. Usually, what or you know, yes, <laughs> and almost before you know, the the, the words come, came out, the voice came out of the sound came out of my, my, my mouth, there will be an immediate reply. In fact, the reply was so standard that my bodies would know exactly what she would say, <laughs> and her response was fierce and abrupt and powerful come here right away. <laughs> Then I knew that I had to go. I knew I had to go. My hearing was pretty good. <laughs> it didn't matter how far I was, I could hear it. I could still hear her voice. And the question for us this morning is, do you know God's voice in your heart? Of all the voices that you recognize. I mean, the ear is sophisticated. I mean, when you look at, when you start to 
think about musicians and uh, the perfect people with the perfect pitch and people that have amazing discrimination of sounds and, and chords and all that stuff. I mean, it's just fascinating. It's fascinating. So God made the year in such an uh, amazing way that it has so much power, it has so much discrimination, it has so much clarity, so much power, so much centeredness in our hearts and our minds that there is no excuse when you hear God's word, when you ask God, what shall I do? What shall we do to be saved? And God says, you will not need to have the Lord Jesus Christ be your savior. You need to be, he needs to be your master. He needs to be your leader and your forgiver. And we turn a deaf ear. There's consequences. I know that there's this huge thing about losing your salvation and all this kind of stuff, but we're not going to go into that kind of theology this morning. All we're reading right now is Hebrews 3, and it has a call to us to be alert. So my question this morning is, how do I harden my heart? What is it that makes my heart hard and my hearing plugged up to God's Word? Well, first of all, there's disobedience. We all know that, right? And I'm sure if I ask you know, how many of you have been disobedient this week, disobedient to God or disobedient to, you know, your your mother, your father, I mean, the teacher, you know, your superior, I mean, well, probably all of us would throw up our hands. But there is also this disbelief. You know, when we are in fear, when we are uh, looking at some really difficult things in our life, whether it's our finances, whether it's our health, whether it's our relationships that are going bad, you know, whether it's uh, the, the fear of just even traveling in the, on the road, or being on the on, on the uh, freeways, we want to be safe, and therefore, sometimes we do not allow God to lead. This belief is something that constantly plagues our willingness to believe in God, to trust Him. Trust Him even when things are not looking up, even when things are not looking good, even when there's all kinds of issues that are going on that give us this, this frightening perception that, you know, oh my God, I can lose everything. There's disobedience, there's disbelief, or there's also distraction. So many things that we use for distracting. There's people that we all know that have to have a sound, some kind of a beautiful kind of sound, you know, serene sound, otherwise they cannot go to sleep. Their brain is so wired up and so going over and over things that sometimes uh, you and I have those nights, right? When we can't sleep, we toss and turn because there's something going on in the back, something going on in our hearts where fear has been lodged and we are trying, like, our brain is trying to figure it out. Even at night, it's trying to figure out what is the solution? How do I do this? How do I get out of this mess? And the fact is that we can't. The answer is always God. It always, it's always Jesus Christ. But we don't believe. What we believe is what we can do with our hands. What we believe is 
if we have enough money, if we have enough power, if we know the right people, if we have the right job, if we, if we, if we, all that. It's all in our hands. And sure, we have a lot of resources, we have a lot of opportunities, we have a lot of open doors in this country, in the, in the culture that we live in, especially here in, in uh, beautiful California, sunny California. The fact is, without God's coming in to our problem, we will never have peace. God is calling us. God is calling with a nice, sweet, gentle voice. And He's calling us in different ways. He's calling us when we read the Word of God. He's trying to intercept our thinking, intercept our distraction. Say, listen, listen, listen. Don't turn a deaf ear. Do not do what my people did in the desert. Every time there was a problem, every time there was a need for water, every time there was a need for food, every time there was a need for battle, they just ready to go back to Egypt. Don't we do the same thing? When we take matters into our own hands, even though we throw a quick prayer to heaven and you know, heaven doesn't open up and we hear a great voice coming out, I heard your voice, you know, but we don't hear that, you know, that's, then it's on my own. Sorry, it's going to be on my own again. Okay? I'm going to figure out what I have to do. As if God doesn't care, as if God doesn't see, as if God doesn't have any heart of compassion for us. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. It's interesting that we are now included with the Israelites in the desert. The people of God. We are the people of God. Whether we are Jewish or not, whether we have Jewish roots or not, we are now part of that great throng of believers. The people that God has chosen. God chose you. Now you may think that you decided on your own to accept Jesus Christ. Or you asked somebody else to lead you to Christ. Or somebody else came alongside you and, and showed you how you believe in Christ and how to you give your, your heart to Christ and ask for forgiveness. But the fact is that it was God that chose you before the foundation of the world. And he has plans for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. We have to believe that. No matter what it looks like right now, you have to believe that. God was upset. He said, They shall never enter my rest. But I want to give you the whole picture here. I don't want you to get the wrong impression because when you read this, you get the wrong impression. Now, what God said is that by saying that they will never enter my rest, He did not mean they would never get to heaven. We don't know how many of the Israelites, a million of them, that came through and through the 
the Mosaic Law and through the sacrifices. We don't know how many of them believe and are saved. But what he was saying was that there was a real reality, a real in this kind of world reality that they would never make it to the promised land. They would never make it to Canaan. They would never see Jordan. They would never cross the Jordan. But only two of them did. I want us to take a minute this morning and, and examine our heart, examine our hearing. You know, when you keep focusing on your problems, the anxiety will build up. When you're under the circumstances, you will fear the pain and the strain. But if you are focused on God, if you focus on His Word, if you open His Word, if you read His Word, if you focus on what God is up to, and not what's going on around you, amazing things will, will open up your, your solutions. God will find a way, says the song. He always makes a way. Even, even in temptations, you know, the Bible says, and God is faithful, He will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able. But along with the temptation, we do what? He'll give us a way out so that we may be able to bear Amen? Amen. Would you uh, take a moment, take out your response cards? If you have any request for prayer, please uh, write your request. And also respond to the message. Maybe you need to go back to reading God's Word every day. Maybe you stop doing that. Maybe you, you need to train yourself that when that anxiety comes, when that problem arises and comes into your head, and when you hear bad news, that your first response will not be Okay, what am I going to do? The first response would be, Lord, have mercy. Lord, I know this did not surprise you because you know all things. And you have brought this, allowed this to, to be part of my life, and I will use this opportunity to be able to trust you more, to rely on your power, on your wisdom, on your love for me and my family. Amen.
Father God, we thank you because you are our Father. You are compassionate and gracious. Slow to anger, abounding in love. You will not always accuse. Nor will your partner be anger for us. You do not treat us as we deserve. Repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is your love for us. As far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed the transgressions from us. The Father has compassion on his children. So the Lord has compassion on those who you. He knows what he does. He remembers who we are. Father God, we thank you because you love us so much that you've given us the one and only begotten Son, the one that was in the bosom of the Father, higher than the angels, much more powerful and effective than Moses in the sacrificial system. And he came as a unblemished lamb of God and died willingly on the cross that his blood may cleanse us from all unrighteousness, that we may become his brothers and sisters, that we may declare his praise every day of our lives. In Him we, we are. In Him we live and breathe and have our peace. May His name be praised. In Jesus' name. I invite you to come forward. I'm going to ask uh, Dean to uh, if you come and help me. Uh, as is our tradition, I know that uh, a lot, of, a lot of you are perhaps uh, used to different tradition, but what we do once a month is to come together and break bread. divisions among you, and to some extent I believe. No doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's proof. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. 
Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You're invited to come to the Lord's Supper. You can come to the center aisle. And uh, on my left side is the wine, and on the right side is the grape juice. Um, once you come, you take a piece of bread and dip it into the, into the cup, uh, and then take it with you. And please go around from the outside so that the center aisle can be free.